Listener Production. Hey, it's producer Nat here and welcome to another epic episode of That's Enough Already. This week is chaos, to say the least. Comedian, content creator, past kindergarten teacher and chef fanatic Joe Dombrowski pops by this week and things get a little interesting when Joe shares stories from his past students the very unique detail he's chosen for his wedding and the time he succeeded in destroying the family computer. You'll find out why. But one thing I do need to note before we get stuck into today's episode is the possession of Joe's computer. Halfway through the episode, you're going to hear some commotion about things popping up on his screen. I'm talking balloons, bubbles. Is it an accident or part of Joe's incredible comedic timing? Guess we'll find out. Now, before Ursula and her guests begin to complain about what shits them today, we want to hear from you. There's a link in the show notes. Go fill that out. Tell us what shits you to tears and you could be joining Ursula and her mate, Nazim Hussein, on the new podcast, More Than Enough Already. Now, some things sound too good to be true, but would I lie to you? Don't answer that. Get ready for some gasps and giggles in today's episode with Joe Dombrowski. Enjoy. Shh, that's quite enough. Shut your mouth, I don't give a stuff. It shush, please. Yes, I can hear, but I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Oh, my God. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I miss you. I miss you every day. I know. I miss you too. I feel like we could have been like the odd gay couple on Friends. We could have been the side ones, but hashtag like on Will and Grace, where they're not really the main ones. It was Karen and what's his face? I feel like we're writing a, a concept right now that needs to happen. Yeah. And the writer's strike is over, so we can. Let's go, baby. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Because okay, I know you live in Seattle. Where are you now? Are you at home? Yeah, I have four days. I'm on tour right now. So I have four days off. Of course you Yay. are. Yay. Isn't that the craziest part when you get like you're just so excited to be home for four days and that's like the most meaningful yeah. thing. I'm just like, oh my God, my bed, my backyard. <gasps> four days. And yeah. then I'm on. Your dog. And my dog, I know. but And then I'm off. And then I'm on uh, five weekends in a row. But you tour a lot, right? I do tour a lot. So we are getting married in June, my partner Morgan and I. And uh, it's like go time right now because we'd like to start a family and and all that too. So I'm kind of just doubling down on the free time that I have when we can. Are you doing a big wedding? Here's the thing. So more, yes. Morgan, I said to him, I was like, listen, my whole career is me, 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 me. Look at me. I'm on stage. Give me attention. I love myself and you should love me too. So I told him, I don't need that on my day off of our wedding. So yeah. if you want to just do a little getaway thing with maybe just immediate family and call it a day, I'm so good with that. And he was like, I feel like I need it. Yeah. And I was like, fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess we'll just spend all this money and have oh a big wedding. Oh, I fucking hated my wedding day. It was really? the worst day. Really? The speeches. The speech. I sucked so hard in my speech. It was not funny. It was not. It was really? Just, you know, I thought, I thought I could wing it on the day. You know how when mm-hmm. you go, say you've got a, a, a spot at a comedy club, like you've got 10 minutes and you go, oh, I'll just do. Like on the day you get there and you go, oh, yeah, I feel the audience. I'll do this button, that button, that. Yep. And I thought the whole time, because I fucking knew this wedding was coming. Like, we'd been together for like six and a half years. I knew it was coming. And then I thought, 
okay, this is all this stuff. Like in my head, I had all the bullet points that I want to hit. And then as soon as I stood up and I, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. I can't say I Like I bombed at my own wedding. It was awful. <laughs> we decided, though, that we're cutting a lot of the traditional stuff. We're not going to have a wedding party. We're not going to have sitting on... Mm. We're not going to walk down an aisle. Like We want it to be unique is the word. And we want people to leave like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but I loved it. And it was... I've never been anything like that before. So we're just like breaking... Is it going to be like a gangbang? It's going to be super orgy oriented is what we're thinking. (laughs) Yeah. All of the servers will be nude. Yeah. They yeah. will just like pop a little sushi out for you. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we'll move on with our day. One of the unique aspects that I'll tell you is, so our wedding is at, there's this super famous glass artist in Seattle named Dale Chihuly. And he has a big museum yeah. slash gallery. And our wedding is at that museum gallery. And when the so no kids allowed at the wedding. No, we had to take out like a million dollar liability insurance deal because there oh, are going to be kids at the wedding. <laughs> and I can like just oh, picture shit. like my my nieces and nephews being like topple this over. But anyway, so we so when you first walk into the wedding, you will walk through the gallery, getting to the big room where like the banquet or the the reception is. But while you're walking through with your cocktail. We're going to have a string quartet that's only playing 90s hip hop. Amazing. In like the style of violin. Yeah. So it's going to be like Lil' Kim and um, like a little bit of salt and pepper and like all that like super, super old 90s rap and hip hop, but like in the style of violin, viola, cello. And are you going to do vows or are you going to write your own stuff or are you just going to have have a drag queen clap three times and go boom, bada, bing, you're married? Hard line in the sand about the drag queen. Oh, really? Hard line in the sand about the drag. Hard line in the sand. Because we, first of all, we have so many drag queens who are like our, our legitimate friends. Yeah, same. That like, I don't want anyone working. Like, I don't, we were thinking like, maybe they'll do us something. I'm like, I don't want them working. I want them to like come as a friend if they, and enjoy, you know? So hard line in the sand on the drag queens. And we are, uh, we are going to do some sort of like talking about our love to each other. And clearly mine's going to be funny, Yeah, but we haven't quite decided like where it plays in yet. Who's your favorite comics, by the way? There's, Two that I very much take. I'm not gonna say I pull inspiration from these people, but I just like super respect what yeah. how they deliver. Um, Kathleen Madigan yeah. and Beth Stelling. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like big I, time. Isn't it weird? Like you, you're going female. I love Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. I just if if I need a laugh, I can watch Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. I'm like he is fucking. Tearful, like absolutely tearful. Yeah. I just, I love him so much. Yeah. I love that Kathleen Madigan, she makes me feel like I'm sitting across the bar and we're just having a drink and we're just chatting. Yeah. And that is yeah. like, I just respect that. I'm a, I'm very, an an, very animated comic. Not, I wouldn't say like over the top, like a Jim Carrey or a Robin Williams, but I'm a very animated yeah. comic. And when I see another comic who is, Literally just standing there with the mic in the stand, just talking to you. 
Yeah, I love that. Too. I love the way you chat to your audience. Uh, you know, like your delivery is the same. I think it's like you're just chatting. I feel like I'm there. You're one of those comics that when you do a show and um, if at the end of the show, if you say goodnight and you wave, I will wave from the audience. I'll feel that involved with you. Oh, yeah. You know, Thanks. like you see it with, with comics and you're like, that's how you get the audience. Like you're just chatting, and yeah, what what does that mean? I love when you when you talk to someone, and then you go, no, wait, and then you go deeper and deeper, and I just love it because I don't do any crowd interaction at all. Yeah, yeah, I. Oh, it's very rare. I didn't, so I didn't post crowd work for years until mm. it was probably like, mm. I want to say like within the last year, I started actually like posting crowd work clips. And it was because two things. One, I felt like I was like protecting my written material, which I just like strove so hard to like master. But then I started to realize I'm, I do have a a way with it and I am sassy, but like, like sassily respectful and I and I like it so when it yeah. when it happens and it's good and I capture it I'll post it but now yeah. that the special's on YouTube one of the things that I'm very grateful for is I get to decide what clips and how many and like how I want to be portrayed in the clip posting of the written material that's in the special so I'm I'm very yeah. grateful for that opportunity on your Netflix special how many clips were you allowed to post I'm not actually sure. Um, Netflix approached me. I was doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And then after, this is pre-COVID, of course, and from when I started doing 20-seater rooms, after every show, even when there were only three or four people in the room, I would go out after my show and I'd thank those people for coming to the show. This night, people were queuing up for ages and it, it had been more than an hour after the show and we finally get to the last little group it's like four or five girls. Are you, are you gals on holiday? And they go, no, 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 we work for Netflix. And I'm like, you work for Netflix and you work on my show? And they go, yeah. I go, hey, next time, cut the line. I go, don't, don't wait for more than an hour to come have a photo with me. Fuck these other people. They're dead to me. I don't give a fuck about these people. You come straight to the front of the queue and we can go for drinks. Like, I don't give a fuck about this. Um, anyway, so then they were laughing and then they took my manager's details and they offered me a Netflix special. Nice. They gave me money. I recorded it. They just wanted to know a couple of things from when they were in the show that they didn't understand. So I had to change two things in the special. And it was literally changing, uh, cars, I think, box wine to cask wine or cask wine to box wine or whatever so um, the Americans can understand it. And the, uh, the show used to be called Loser. Uh, and then they said the American audience won't like it. They're not going to watch it. If it's too negative. So I just put overqualified in front of it. Nice. So I became overqualified loser. And that's it. That's the only things that made me change. And on the night that made me change my blouse. And then, oh, really? Because it was too wrinkly. It was linen. Yeah. I was like, how dare you? But I'm a lesbian, so I've got something in the back. But, <laughs> you know, that was it. So it was mine, mine was really easy. And then whenever we said to them, we want more clips or we want this, they just sent it over. They did, it was yeah. Real. That's great. I review so badly. I think... Like I've I've once had a five star review. The rest of them are usually one or two star reviews. What the fuck does that? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of balloons that just went over Joe's screen. (laughs) This has been. I don't know how this is happening or what, but like 
this has happened. <laughs> Anytime I use my webcam on my computer, I thought it was only in this other program that I work. Apparently not. I don't know. I'm sorry. No. Well, happy birthday, I guess. It's too much guy. We're too guy. <laughs> We need some straight energy in here to get rid of the joy and get some. <laughs> too much. This is pride. The pride episode. Can I show you the cup my mum bought me? Nobody knows. Uh, okay. If you're playing the home game, I've got a rainbow cup, and it says nobody knows I'm gay. My mother bought this for me. I have a, like, I have some gay okay. things here. Do you want to see part of my Halloween costume? Yes. I'd love to. I'm not one of those gays who do sexy Halloween. I think it's so funny. Do you know how like, you know how you see like a group of like girls in their 20s and they go to Halloween and they're in their short skirts and a nose. They're like, I'm a cat. And then there's that one girl in the friend group who decided to go as like the old man from Up or something. And it's just so funny. (laughs) I'm that girl. So I am going as... A praying mantis for Halloween this oh year. Oh my god, I love that so I got much. Full I love that so much, suit. and I have a fucking obsession with praying mantis. Oh, I, I'll text oh, you I the pictures. It. Yeah, so yes, I'm a praying mantis do. for Halloween this year. <laughs> you want to hear a funny porn story? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I love so a funny good. porn. Story. This is so good. Okay, so I was probably like. 13 or 14 and I I downloaded so much porn on the family computer that it shut down and it you couldn't even start it like there were so many viruses on it and my dad worked for the US government and my mom <laughs> one day was like packing up the computer when I came home. And I was like, what are you doing with the computer? And she goes, oh, dad's friend at work is going to get all like the spyware and viruses off the computer. So he's taking it to work tomorrow. And I shat myself. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I was super in my head the whole day. And I just was like, how am I going to handle this? And I sat and sat and thank and thank in my room. And I was like, tomorrow is garbage day. So before I went to school that day, because my parents were already gone at work, I took the computer, and I don't know why I did this, but to ensure that it could never get uncovered, I beat the hell out of the hard drive with a hammer and a golf club, and I just destroyed it, and then I put it out in the trash and waited till the garbage man came and got that thing taken away. I was like, uh, uh, not and me. I'm not getting caught. What like was this. The, there? had to be a repercussion. Like, what did your mom go? Where the fuck's the computer? I told her somebody stole it out of the garage because it was waiting in the garage until my dad took it to work. And I was like, oh my god, somebody must have stole it out of the garage. Which isn't that the biggest red flag? Like, if they're like, what happened to the computer? And immediately someone says, oh no, it must have been stolen out of the garage. Like, yeah. hello. <laughs> yeah, you always go. I don't know. Where did you put it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Gone, gone, yeah. gone, gone. And when did you come clean? Um, just now. <laughs> just now. Hi, Joe's mom. <laughs> yeah, she's still as no idea. She might hear this. Sorry, mom, that was me. Ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were a kindergarten teacher, and when do you? You don't do that anymore. No, I've been out of the game for a little while now. But it was one of the best times. Like people are always like. Because I was, you know, teachers in the States are not paid well at all. So I was always doing yeah. comedy while teaching 
first of all, chasing yeah. the dream. And second of all, it was so nice to, you know, do a, a $20 spot or a $50 spot. And then I could yeah. use that money to put gas in my car or whatever it was. So I was always doing comedy. Yeah. But being an elementary school teacher, specifically kindergarten, was such a cool, um, formative chunk of my life that really helped me understand yeah. just like human function and why people yeah. turn out the way they are and parenting and yeah. everything. And it was just, I, I, the best time of my life. It was really great. It was really great. I don't regret it at all. Cause you've now met some of the kids that have grown, you know, like they're grown as adults nearly like who's Fully. the one kid that, that sort of sticks with you that you go, fuck man, that kid's going to be either, a serial killer or the next president of the US? There was, there was so, it's not just one. You have one every year who yeah. just like, oh, this one's going to cause some shit. I remember one kid, Yeah, he was so twisted that he would come up to you at random times in the day and just say, I wrote a song. Do you want to hear it? And I was like, yeah, what is it? And he would look at me just eyes dead behind and he would say run from the zombies run 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 from the zombies run oh run God. run i'm like i'm going to <laughs> poop my pants this is a lot yeah. and then you want to know what's crazy how kids uh. <laughs> learn to lie that is the funniest thing ever oh, you'll yes. watch a kindergartner do something call them to call them up and be like hey did you just um take their snack and put it in your bag and they'll look at you and they'll be like, me? No. Oh, no. That wasn't me. And be like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Then I must be blind because I literally just saw you do it. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. That wasn't me. Mm -mm, you must have saw. And then <laughs> they do it so hard that they're you're now double asking yourself what you saw. And you're like, this motherfucker's yeah. five years old and I'm over here second guessing <laughs> me? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. But then on the on the flip side, though, they also tell the truth. So yeah. I died. I was, nothing will age you like teaching kindergarten, okay? There's 25 feral yeah. humans in front of you, and you have to wrangle them and keep their attention all day. That shit will make you look yeah. like a bowl of cottage cheese by the end of the school year. So I'm starting <laughs> to get some gray hairs. <laughs> I died. I dyed my hair. And I showed up the next day and they flipped out because you can't, you, you yeah. can't just change things without giving them a heads up. They can't handle it. Yeah. So they were like, why did, why would you do this? And I said, I just wanted to look a little bit younger. And one of the kids looked at me and said, but what are you going to do about your face though? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to die. I was like, nothing. I'm going to do nothing. That that sounds like my kids. <laughs> yeah. They just speak. Yeah. I'm going to not fucking teach anymore. Let's see if I can reverse some of this shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave and see which one of you takes charge. And it's going to be a Lord of the Flies situation in here for a little bit until someone comes and saves you. I think that would be my biggest, like, I would, I would just sort of sit back and see what they do if I do nothing. I would just let them run the class. Every day after lunch, I would just do play stations and every station would be something different. Like one might be yeah. building blocks, another might be dinosaurs. And I'll never forget, I was sitting behind this group of girls 
And they were playing dinosaurs. And it was the cutest, like the, the sweetest could do no wrong girls ever. And they're playing dinosaurs and I'm just behind them. They have no idea that I'm there. And they're like, you fucking bitch. You fucking bitch. No, you fucking bitch. You fucking bitch. And the best part is that there was no, um, nothing behind. They were just talking. Like they were just like, oh yeah, this yeah. is how dinosaurs talk. Like the other little girl was not like, oh, you said a bad word. She just came back. You fucking bitch. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Honestly, kids have no, like sometimes uh, when, um, during lockdown. So my son was like two and a half when, when lockdown started. And oh God. I know. I mean, it was great as a touring comic because, you know, you think like even before when you said, you know, you're trying to knuckle down now and get everything done while you have some free time, you're still going to tour the same amount. In fact, you're going to fucking tour more. You don't think so, but you will. And then you're going to try and take your family with you. It'll drive you crazy. You're not going to sleep at all. Um, You're going to age more than you did at kindergarten. But um, you know, I needed so that. I'm, I needed that. <laughs> I'm like, let him live in his little dream world. Motherfucker, you're going to tour more. But because uh, now he's going to have a family and they're all going to be like, so where's money at? Um, so then I, I had this forced time off where I could potty train him, you know, because he was like, because we've got a Labrador, um, the two of them, so trying to potty train him was quite hard because he'd, like, you'd get, let him run around without a nappy for a bit, you know, and then so you could feel, okay, I need to go. And But then he'd be playing outside and I'd come out and he'd go, Mama, my poop, gone. And he's like, he's a magician. And then you look at the Labrador and the Labrador's in the back, like, licking a lizard. I go, but it didn't fucking disappear. The dog ate your shit. Like, you know, you're not a magician. You two are working as a team here, and it's not good what's going on. So I, I just knuckled down, did all of that. So he's potty trained and he's, you know, but I mean, I'm home now all the time, so I could sort of filter how I speak when I'm home, you know, during the week. I'm usually away over weekends, but now I'm just home all the time and I'm cooking, I'm being fucking Martha Stewart and saying I'm being fucking Martha Stewart. So, of course, they pick up a little bit of colourful language, but they're very good at not, you know, swearing, cussing. And so I put them in bed and it's over Christmas and I I go, so I always say to them, tell me what you want me to tell you a story about. So they sometimes it's about tell us toothpaste, a bear and a forest and the ocean, you know, and then I just make up a story about these things. So then on this day, they wanted me to do a Christmas story. So I do this Christmas story, but, like, Mrs. Claus is a little bit upset because Santa's been away for a long time, you know, so I try and work in <laughs> why, you know, Santa's got to go to work and why Mama goes away sometimes. And so so I go, and Mrs. Claus says, hey, where have you been, Santa? And <laughs> my, my then three-year-old goes, He's at work, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was so into the story that he answered, but he says, He's at work, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay, nothing will ever distract a class. So I grew up in Michigan, which is Snow, 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 yeah. snow, snow. And nothing will yeah. ever distract a 
group of kindergartners, like the first snowfall of the year, you could be literally having the most intense yeah. conversation on stranger danger. And they look out and see a couple of snowflakes fall yeah. and they're like, it's snowing. And they all run to the window. Happens every year. The best yeah. year, the yeah. girl who noticed it, she just looks at the window and she goes, holy shit, it's snowing. <laughs> it's like, this is... <laughs> I'm like, this is great. I love it. Uh, oh, it, was, it never gets yeah. old. Now, when they nail the swearing, you're like, this is fucking brilliant. I just, I just like, like my daughter too, when she was a baby, she was a, a bum scooter. And so um, one day, I, you know, like the, her aunties were there and everyone, and she was on the floor and I didn't even notice she was there and she was struggling with something. And um, she just quietly sort of in a whisper went, oh, fuck. Fuck's <laughs> and I looked down and she just delivered it so baby you could hear the frustration and fuck we were howling it's so hard to get them not to swear when when they make you laugh so hard and you want them to do it again fuck it's so oh this is see this is the rabbit sakes. hole that I'll like when I get online yeah. and it's a rabbit hole of like little kids saying funny this is why I was a teacher yeah. for so long because the entertainment was just like constantly there yeah. I I'm gonna prove the network's yeah. wrong because this shit's universally funny that was the one critique that I used to get is people are like it's a little niche and I'm like it's not did you watch it it's not niche it's like literally a story about yeah. my life as yeah. a teacher which everyone went to school and everybody was a kid so most of them have kids yeah this ain't niche yeah I you know what that kind of fucks me off too when so I'm um, I did this <laughs> bit about gay cake. Couldn't find two brides. Like I've been to gay weddings where they literally take the little plastic bride and groom and they would cut because it's all fine and well. They say, you know, marriage equality, we're, we're all voted yes, no, you can get married. But the cake makers are still these old bitches who aren't that into it. So you've got to fucking lie when you go. you go, my brother and I are here to look at some cakes. <laughs> we've got to act straight. Um, and so, but I've been to gay weddings where they've just cut the brides off two of the bride and groom and then super glued them together. But to get them together, the one bride looks the one way, the other bride looks the other way, and then they ram them halfway into the fucking cake. So they're up to their eyeballs in sugar, and I'm like, I didn't want that. So we ordered the cake from one lady, and then I went to a different lady. She made them so lifelike, so really? lifelike, mine had back fat on it. Like my little... <laughs> My little figurine had a bra that was too small and back fat. I'm like, bitch, where did you get this photo? What, what, what are you using for inspiration here? Where are you there in the morning when I'm getting dressed? It was a double chin, the whole um. thing, the whole thing. Like my mum during the ceremony came up to me and she goes, that little fatty, which is me, she goes, that little fatty on the cake is now on the middle cake. <laughs> I had sunken right through the top tier and I was on the middle cake. Anyway, so I did this as a bit, like a gala spot. I loaded it on YouTube. I cannot fucking tell you the amount of dudes or, you know, Christians by their haircuts who went, I don't know why they always have to talk about being gay. We get it. You're gay. We don't give a fuck. I'm like, I want to see you comment on Fucking Chris Rock or or Kevin Hart or Dave Chappelle when they talk about their families, 
But no, if I talk about mine, they're like, you fucking faggot, yep. you gay, you know, no one gives yes. a shit that you're yes. a homo. I'm like, why are you so fucking triggered by I this? I could post anything, anything. And peep, so, it doesn't even have to do with yeah. me talking about being gay. And someone will make a comment about me being gay. And sometimes the comments are just like gay. And I'm like, I love that they're listening with sound yeah. on, but it's not like this yeah. isn't really like making me wanting to be posting here. But you are so fucking right yeah. about gay comics. Like we can't say shit. And it's like, Bro, I'm literally just talking about my life like every other fucking comic. Yeah. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck, I'm too gay for the straight world. I'm too straight for the gay world. Is this why we're friends? Um, <laughs> That's it. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> we never, uh, I, I did once do Mardi Gras in Sydney, though. They did get me. And I did get to interview Cher. Shut up. Don't do this to me right now. I knew Cher was going to be in the VIP area with the Prime Minister and our Prime Minister at the time. And, uh, like, I wasn't going to interview her. Someone else was going to interview her. And then I was just cracking jokes near the VIP area because I had just spoken to the Prime Ministers and and I looked over and she's standing, like you can see, like a meter away from me. I'm literally going to die. There's no security or anyone see there. She was just laughing. She was laughing at me, cracking jokes, and I couldn't believe it. She was waiting for the Cher impersonators to come past, right? Oh, okay, yeah. And I just looked to the side and she had just big eyes and I just said, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And I just... I just took the step closer to her and I go, how's your night? And she goes, amazing, how's your night? And we just started chatting. And then there's a guy on the side here who looks like death warmed up. He's her security guy who then realised, oh, fuck, someone's talking to her. He then took a step in and she just kind of lifted her hand, like not even fully, and he just took a step back. And he just left us to it. Oh, and shit. She fucking called the dogs off. She was so friendly and warm. And, and then I said to her, I go, uh, I'm not supposed to interview, but I just want to ask you, like when you're in the shower, what do you either sing or what do you listen to? Like, you know, when you're getting ready in the morning and you put music on and she goes, I go, what's your favorite genre? And she goes, it's not like you can't pick. She goes, because some mornings call it for itself, you know, like some mornings I feel like country and other mornings it's, you know, rap and other mornings it's heavy metal and other mornings I want to listen to R&B. She goes, so it's a mix for me because music has to take your soul. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't even care what the fuck you're saying. I just, your lips are moving in towards me. I just, I, I went, oh, I love you so much. Thank you so much. And she goes, I love you too. Oh, uh, like, fucking hell. The other day I got in a conversation with a stranger about who is the greatest singer of all yeah. time. And I was like, it's, I was like, I've like, I just said it. Yeah. So I was like, obviously it's Whitney Houston. Like yeah, there's no argument Whitney. here. And this yeah. woman goes, yeah. mm, I don't know. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Who is it? This person told me, and no shade on these two artists. I think these two artists are exceptional. They're yeah. not as good as Whitney Houston. She told me that. Yeah. Pink and Kelly Clarkson are better than Whitney Houston. And I was like, listen, girl, I cannot even begin to tell you how not true what you're saying is. They are great. They are amazing. Even they have Pink hits. and Kelly Clarkson will tell you that. I, I literally said that. I was like, we could literally call them right now. And I'm pretty sure they'd be like, I'm good. But like Whitney, I was like, I can't believe it. And then they went yeah. further to tell me this. 
They were like, well, even back in the decades, there's other people. Diana Ross, which I was like, bitch, I'm gay. And I can tell you not Diana Ross. <laughs> and the other person, no. Janis Joplin. I go, Janis Joplin sounded like she had nodes upon birth. Like great artist, yeah. amazing yeah. songs, unforgettable talent. Not better than Whitney Houston, you sadist. I'm, I literally can't believe what I'm hearing. When she sang the national anthem, the country came together. You dumb bitch want to tell mm. me fucking pink? Yeah. I'm so sorry, ma'am, but I will not stand no. for that type of blasphemy. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not in this house. She also told me she, again, amazing artist, culture changing artist, Julie Andrews. Uh. I was like, bitch, you are fucking crazy. Not Julie Andrews. Not Julie Andrews. Ju- amazing. No, no. Gave us Mary Poppins. Gave us Fräulein Maria. There's a lot of, she's got a lot of things going for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not Julie, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. No. Okay, let me ask you, what is the one thing about other people that shits you to tears? We're going to get real. We're going to get real. Okay. Let's get real, real. I don't, I don't understand why this heats me up to the point that it heats me up, but it literally drives me fucking bonkers. And this is, you're probably going to think I'm like an uncultured American and that's fine, but this is just how we are. When you are here in the United States and you are born in the United States and you took like one French class when you were in high school, you maybe you studied abroad for mm-hmm. a month in Paris, right? And you come back mm-hmm. and you have the audacity to go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or maybe even Burger King and you order a croissant, go to hell. Croissant, oh. yeah. <laughs> go to hell. And even yeah. if you're in casual conversation and you're just like, oh, my husband and I are, um, planning a trip. We're thinking we're going to go to Paris. Shut up, bitch. You're going to Paris. Like, we don't need that yeah. type of yeah. whatever this is you're doing in this space right now. Like, know your fucking space. If you're at a classy, high-end French restaurant and you want to order a croissant, do it. Because the waiter's probably French. But if you're at a fucking fast food joint where yeah. this thing came in a tube, was cracked open and thrown in a microwave for 60 seconds, it's a croissant. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> What's the one thing about you that shits you? That shits me? Is literal. It's literal shit. Yeah. Literal shit. I have the worst bowels ever. Uh, I shit my, physically uh, shit my pants mm, twice a year, every year. Wow. That's depressing. By just overthinking that it's just a fart. And we'll little, I was actually in Vegas. I did. Uh, I had shows in Vegas and I went to breakfast and I thought I was just going to let out a little yeah. toot. Nope. Fully shit myself. And literally had to walk. <sighs> there was no bathroom in the restaurant. I had to walk out of a restaurant through a full casino to get to the bathroom to <sighs> throw my underwear away. This is a lot. People are probably going to lose all respect for me after this, but this is my journey, not yours. So let me tell the people. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm already thinking about the comments under this when I post this. People go, go, go. (laughs) 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 If it was straight, it wouldn't be shitting like that. Oh, my God. I mean... 
<laughs> Spot the lie. But I think it's normal to shit your britches a couple times in your adult life. Yeah. And people argue yeah. with me that that's not normal. Everyone I understand. does. I know. I understand I do it at an abnormal rate. If you're listening to this and you have not shed your pants yet as an adult, <laughs> it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. Every that's Wait. like a rite of passage. Every adult will shed their pants. It just is. I'm lucky. I've done it. It was in a bar. <laughs> no. It was after surgery. I, you know, I could control it a little bit. Like, but yeah, I, I lost a pair of good niggas know, that day. Um, some shit got on my pants, but you know. It is what it is. I Am I the only person who finds this so humorous? Like when people tell me their stories of them shitting themselves, it like lowbrow humor, I don't give a fuck. It's so funny to me. I, I just think that's so funny. I, yeah, I was walking I my hilarious. dog one time. I had to yeah. shit so bad that I literally kept him on the sidewalk and went and shimmied my way into some bushes. Because if I didn't, I was going to literally shit in my pants on a walk with a dog. I'm like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Boom. Outside, feral, like a literal animal. That's me. And yeah. now you guys know. And now you guys know a little more about me. Yeah. And, and if you live in the Seattle area and you wonder, who's shitting in the bushes? Here we are. Joke. <laughs> but, you know, like athletes do that all the time. You watch a, like a marathon and there's always an athlete that goes and has a shit in the bushes. And, and that's go, just well, fine, right? But God forbid I do it one time in a neighborhood next to a school <laughs> and now I'm in jail. Like, yeah. come on. Plus, it's not a problem because he's got a golden retriever who will eat that shit up. <laughs> will eat that shit. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You are such a fucking gem. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. It's always wonderful to catch up. You can catch Mr. D on tour throughout the US from now until December. Get your tickets and info at mrdtimes3.com. If you liked this episode, you'll love Ursula's previous chat with American comedian Eliza Schlesinger, where she discusses boycotting the embarrassment over shaving your big toe. Just search That's Enough Already with Eliza Schlesinger wherever you download your podcasts. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend. 